Good evening and welcome back to Masks Weekly Radio Show on Family Matters. Mask mothers and fathers align saving kids, kids of all ages and all stages for all mental health struggles, including addiction. If you know someone that needs a referral for a therapist, an inpatient or outpatient program, please give them our number, 718-758-0400. All calls are strictly confidential. I will repeat the number. Maybe you want to jot it down for yourself, a neighbor, a loved one, someone usually would sit next to and show our number again, 718-758-0400. If you know anyone that needs a naloxone kit, which is another form of Narcan for prevention of opioid overdose, please have them call Mass. We can get them the kit, we can mail it, we could deliver it, a kit that could help save one's life. We will train you and let you know that are available in Brooklyn, anywhere you live, please give us a call. Everyone, every block, every shul, every place of worship should have a kit available in case somebody comes by that may pass out from opioid use. So tonight, I'm really very, very, very honored to have with us a mom that is going to share her personal, very personal family struggle. And I also have with us Dr. Debbie Ackerman, who frequently is a guest on The Mask Show and also facilitates our Monday night parent support group, which, by the way, we still have it by Zoom. So anyone that is interested in participating, please call me at Mask and we will send you the link. So again, our number seven one eight seven five eight zero four zero zero. So tonight, I'd like to welcome you on, Mom. How are you doing? How are you? You're very brave. You're very courageous to come <laughs> on the show with us and share in your personal journey. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. If I can help even one person, I'm thrilled. Absolutely. That is our, you know, every morning when we go to work at MASK, I tell my staff, we need to help at least one person today. We cannot save the world, but we says if you help one, it's like saving a world. So to us, yes, if we reach even one person in tonight's show, and it'll be well worth it. And in course of you having the courage to come on to our show, may it be for a protection for your family. Thank you. Amen. 
Amen. So, Mom, let's start off with what brought you to MASK? Why did you pick up the phone to call MASK to get help? I was desperate. I felt that uh, whatever else I was trying up till then just wasn't enough, just wasn't working. And I tried many, many, many different avenues. And especially because it was suggested that it was an organization where it was moms and dads uh, to help the child. That was something that made a big difference to me because at that point, my husband and I were not on the same page and it was something that I was looking forward to. So that really pushed me to call MASK. Well, mom, by mask, we say if you change the music in your home, your kids' dance steps could change. So, and mask is mothers and fathers aligned saving kids. It is not just one parent's responsibility and one parent's journey and one parent's job to go and get help. It is indeed both parents. And whether a family is married, divorced, whatever it may be the situation, at Mass, we do service even divorced families. So we have more than one group. Parents come on Zoom. You're not sitting in a room necessarily with each other. And we do have many divorced couples that do join in mass, both in person and on the Zoom groups. Dr. Ackman, thank you for being with us um, and always making yourself available for the mask families. My pleasure. Thank you. It's always wonderful to work with you and mask and all the families. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Let's talk about the importance of mother and father or the husband and the wife not being on the same page, please. Okay, so our, our parent here who um, is really courageous to come on and share her story started by saying that she and her husband weren't on the same page. And a lot of times you're going to find that. Um, and that can be very difficult on top of the um, challenge of dealing with addiction can be also. So we always recommend that if one part of the couple, if one part of the couple can enter a 12-step program, if one part of the couple can go and seek help, then the music is going to change and the dance is going to change. The dance is going to change regarding to the person that has the addiction and the dance is going to change regarding the relationship of the couple and usually for the better. And because the tools of group therapy, like at Mass, the tools of 12-step program are going to help even couples that are not on the same page, just be able to work better and really towards recovery. One person gets in recovery, everything seems to change. Thank you. So, Mom, how old is your son? Do you want to share a little bit about what is going on and what no problem? My pleasure. So he's now 25. Um, actually, I don't remember. It's been a couple of years that I did contact mask. 
but um, he started in the drug world um, as early as I would say 14 because um, he was in a very vulnerable state and some people went over to him noticing that and offered him a job and they would pay him a lot of money, actually $800 a day to be a drug runner. That's a lot of money for anybody, let alone a 14-year-old boy. And they paid him that amount of money to pass on drugs. And he was so happy to get that amount of money. He did not tell us about it, of course, because he knew that it was something wrong to do. And he was very happy to get all this money. And slowly but surely, he tried the product. I don't know exactly at what point, how old he was, but it probably didn't take very long. And he started with weed. And um, I guess he liked it. And it I, I really don't know at what point, but eventually he ended up on heroin. And that's probably where he's at today, although he became an alcoholic as well. But he um, got into heroin and fentanyl. And it was at a point where he was doing 50 bags a day, which it's amazing that he survived and he's still alive. But there was a very long journey. And uh, unfortunately, he's still in it. But you, mom, and your husband are seeing a therapist, getting help, learning about his illness, the addiction, right? Yes, yes. And um, we went through many stages. It took a very long time for us to be on the same page. Um, I would say there was a period of time where both of us were enabling him, taking turns, and that's the worst thing to do. Um, you do it out of love, but it's a very bad thing to do. But um, at one point, it became really only my husband that was enabling him. And it was very difficult to live in a house where he knew that he could kind of push push us, uh, I forgot the word about putting, he would set us against each other. Mm -hmm. You know, he would, I'm sorry. Dr. What were you saying? Dr. Rackman, do you want to respond to that about how they ping pong off, you know, one parent to the other, how it's common? Yeah, first of all, I, I want to say that um, our parent here who's talking, this is really an incredible story, everything from the amount of money that, that the child was making as a drug runner. And, and we know that it's really hard to get kids away from that $800 a day. Uh, is, yeah, I wish I could make $800. That's a day. really good money. And for a 14-year-old, that, that's just like, wow, that is over the top. And that's the story that we hear. Um, people that have the disease of addiction, and um, I always tell people it's a thinking disease. Uh, yes, we want to know how much the person does. And, and this particular son of this woman, 50 bags a day, it's, it's a miracle. It is a miracle that, that he's alive. That is a huge amount of drug to ingest. 
but they're, they're very, very good at lying and manipulating. It's definitely part of the pathology. And so we hear this a lot that they will pit one parent against the other. And that is how they continue to uh, get what they want. We also call addiction a family disease. And that is why it's very important for at least one family member to get into recovery because otherwise the family, because they, they love and they, they definitely are coming from the right place and from a place of wanting to be really good parents and really do the right thing, but ultimately they're enabling the addiction. And that is a very hard decision and lesson for parents to learn that you cannot support the addiction in the way that you think you can support other children. Right. And he would beg us really literally beg us for money. And meanwhile, he had so much money, but it all went to drugs. And he would just constantly um, be using, he would hide his drugs all over the house. Um, He would beg us for help. And he would get into one, um, one program after another, he was actually in 19 different different um, programs, 19. And it got to a point where we just, we just really gave up on him, you know, and we realized that um, he has to decide for himself. And every time that he went into a program, like we believed him, we thought he really meant it. And then he would just, he would just play games with us and play games with the place and play games with his friends. He would steal constantly because he needed more and more and more and more money because it's amazing how much these drugs cost. And he would steal from us, from his friends. He would constantly lose friends. And we went through hell with him. I mean, it was just awful. Awful. I'm so sorry, but you have so much courage to get on the radio and share this with people that may be listening and say, I need to get help for my child. I should call. I should pick up the phone. Dr. Ackman, do you want to speak about the power of the group that you facilitate on Monday nights? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One of the most important things for parents that are dealing with this is to really join a group to join a group like Mast's group for parent and, and to join a 12-step group. There's so much shame and um, stigma and lack of understanding of addiction in many communities, including ours, that people are extremely isolated. They don't have anybody to talk to, and that just makes it worse. And they also don't really have the tools to how to really deal effectively with a person who has a disease of addiction. And unwittingly, they just keep kind of making it worse. They don't mean to, but they do. It's very isolating. The parents, the spouses, they can get very depressed because of what they're dealing with. They they can really start to lose themselves and not take care of themselves. When you join a group like Masks Parenting Group or the various groups that Mask has, you're all of a sudden you realize you're not alone. Uh, There are people that are there to help you, to listen to you, to support you. And it's literally learning a new language. So I think it's invaluable for people to seek out some help. It's really going to save, it's going to save you, period. Thank you. Uh, Mom, there are Mm -hmm. many that have mental illness and there are many that have trauma, whether they got molested, whether a parent died young, whether they have an illness, I'm sure people question what you're doing, what's wrong with your son, 
how did you feel about it? And does your son have any mental illness? Okay, so unfortunately, my son has the whole gamut. Um, he both has mental illness and he has, um, he was molested at a young age. I think all you have to do is be molested and that's, that's enough to ruin your life. Sure, absolutely. And on top of that, to have mental illness and he was also adopted. All of those in its, in of itself could be enough to throw you up over the brink. But he has uh, multiple betrayals in his life. And although his sister, for instance, was also um, adopted, but he just has a different personality, you know, and he's more sensitive than she is. And she didn't have the, you know, the other things. She doesn't have mental illness. She doesn't have um, molestation, thank God. So if all she had was the adoption, she just goes with it. And it's like, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm adopted. Like, no problem, you know, but he has multiple issues. And he, no matter what you say, he still has a hole in his heart that he was, that he was adopted, no matter what. Even if right. we love him and he loves us and he knows that we love him, it doesn't matter. Somebody didn't want him and that's it you know right. so he it's very difficult I feel very bad for him and even though he betrayed us in so many ways just by stealing and 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 so many negative things that he did uh, towards us um it just it's just very difficult and it got to a point where you know, he, he's been in jail and, you know, we have no idea. Hopefully he'll turn around and he'll, he'll figure it out on his own and we'll get to see some change in him. And we're praying for that every day. Amen. Amen. You deserve and it. And, and he deserves it. A victim of abuse uh, is, is endless pain. Dr. Ackman, do you want to sh- Join in the conversation yeah, about um, trauma sure. and mental illness, please. So I'm listening to, to this parent, and um, I actually wrote it down. Every single thing that um, this adult child presents with are things that are pretty much, um, they very much lead to addiction. Uh, I actually went to uh, a training once that was on addiction and children who are adopted. Uh, it's that widely known that children who are adopted many times can end up in addiction, much from what this parent is saying that that kind of just tremendous loss or even go under attachment theory that they just didn't have like proper attachment when they were very young. Uh, The mental illness, uh, there's something that we call a dual diagnosis or um, mental illness and chemical addiction. And that are individuals that do present with symptoms of mental illness, depression, anxiety, bipolar, and they medicate themselves with, with the drugs. It's also very common. And then the molestation. Um, children who have abuse in their childhood, uh, physical, emotional, most notably sexual abuse, there's pretty much a one-to-one relationship to end up addicted to one or more things. Definitely way, it, it's really literally like a one-to-one. So uh, this adult right now definitely needs our prayers, our prayers to heal uh, so that he can stop doing what he's doing and get into recovery and become healthy. I just want to caution also all parents We all want to think that we know our children inside and out and we're very close to them and we love them so passionately. People take 
especially molestation, they literally will take it to the grave with them. There are so many people who will not say anything for years and years and years. There's a huge amount of shame on the victim. Sometimes they're very scared. People who molest children will threaten them. And if they think that that person is still around in any way, shape or form, they feel like it's gonna harm them or their family. They're terrified uh, because that imprint that happened on their brain when they were younger stays. So if you think you know things, but your child is acting in a certain way, and they say something to a therapist or they say something to someone else, the important thing is that they say it to someone. Uh, don't be insulted if it wasn't you. I have seen countless, countless, countless cases where literally the parents were the last to know. And that's okay, as long as it gets out and it can get treated. Right. Yeah, on our helpline, we have hundreds and hundreds of families whose loved ones were molested and they didn't find out until many, many years later. Sometimes like they were molested at five and they found out when they were 30 years old. That's how many years it can be even. So absolutely. Dr. Ackman, um, you always speak about self-care and I know our mom has really grown from the group just amazingly, really amazingly. You have so much support in the group and you're really a trooper. You're there every week. You're a great student. Mm-hmm. Have you learned about self-care where you don't feel guilty now, knowing that your child is out there ill? not wanting the help, how does it make you feel what you learned from Dr. Ackman's suggestions on the group? Well, I learned that self-care is very important. I know Dr. Ackerman feels very strongly about ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Why, why but... but Yes, but I took it quite a step further and I recently went to Europe and I don't remember if I had, oh yeah, of course I had ice cream there. Yes, I had ice cream there almost every day, in fact. (laughs) But um, yeah, but I think it's very important to help self-care. And you know what? My husband did not agree with me and I told him it's too bad. Like, not, I didn't say it in that way. Okay, let me, let me clarify that. I said that it's very important to have self-care. And I discussed it with my therapist. And we explained it in a nice way to my husband that uh, maybe he doesn't need it. Or he gets it enough by going to shul three times a day and having his dafyomi and having whatever, however he gets it. But this is how I need it. And so he finally understood. I mean, I was going anyway, but he finally understood. And uh, then when I got home, he goes, oh, so when are you going to London? (laughs) (laughs) So, which is really true. He said that because I mentioned that I met a lovely couple from London and they invited me. And like a week later, he said, when are you going to London? So I guess, you know, sometimes you just have to put your first foot forward and then slowly things happen as long as you do it in a, in a nice way and you show that it makes you happy. It makes you feel better and it makes you 
a better wife. What do they say? Better wife, better life, something like right, that. So, right, and, right. Uh, and, and it's really true. And you don't take advantage and you do it in, in the way that makes sense for your relationship. I think everybody has to work with their therapist so that it comes out working best for your individual marriage. Right. And, and people may judge you. People may judge people that would do that. But I remember, and Dr. Rackman clearly remembers you coming the first time, crying your way through months and months where you couldn't breathe. And Hashem, you've come to a point of understanding about the illness. And Dr. Ackman, what words do you want to say for the cloud to listen to about self-care, please? Yeah, so I'm listening to our participant, which is really amazing. And what I wanted to say is that any other disease process, God forbid, um, dealing with the elderly, God forbid, dealing with a stroke victim, with a TBI, with a traumatic brain injury, God forbid, dealing with cancer, everybody is very also, as they should be, concerned about the caregiver. And there's groups for the caregiver, and there's support for the caregiver, and there's all these resources for the caregiver. They should. Uh, I was listening to our participant talk about self-care, and yeah, I like ice cream, I like really all forms of self-care, because I was thinking about it, there are other diseases out there, uh, diabetes, dealing with the elderly, traumatic brain injury, God forbid, cancer. And there are tons of resources and research articles, as there should be, on how to care for the caregiver. And when we deal with illness, any type of illness, we are always also concerned about the family members because it is a family process. Well, addiction is no different. It's a disease. It's a disease that hurts. Disease hurts. And the person that is involved, the people that are involved have to take care of themselves so they can go through this journey because the journey is going to be long. Early recovery is three to five years and people can relapse and they can go through 19 rehabs. And I most certainly hope that this young man will go to another rehab and completely have a complete and speedy recovery. But it is the same Amen. principle as a as other disease. Thank you. Well, we are running out of time. I, I just want to say, Mom, you're really very, very courageous. And I want to wish you, a husband, your son, your daughter, everyone, all good things. You should get on the road to recovery and um, continue going to your group. You're really doing great. Uh, Thank share, you. Thank share you. good news with us always. Mm -hmm. Oh, Dr. I do. Ackerman. Yes, you do. Dr. Ackman, thank you for coming on. Anytime. We love it. And good luck to everybody. Complete and speedy recovery to all. Thank you. Thank you. And thank I just want to let Amen. everybody know that Sunday nights, uh, we have groups Sunday, Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Dr. Ackman, Dr. Shmuel Brachfeld, Dr. Trish Tia. Dr. Rabbi Dr. Ben Sion Twersky, anybody interested in joining the group, please call Mask 718-758-0400. And we are having a six-week parent group for parents who have family members with an eating disorder. Dr. Marcy Forta will be doing the parent group 
if you're interested in joining, please go onto our website and register. We are starting next Wednesday night at Ezra Shem. So go on to www.maskparents with plural maskparents.org for more information. Hmm. And I would like to wish everybody a very good evening. A beautiful Shabbos. And always remember, hang in, hold on, and virtually for now still, hug tight. Tonight's group is in memory of Rivka Bas Yisrael. And for confidentiality reasons, I will not say the name of this young man that needs a Rafua Shalema. Thank you. You, Thank you and have a good night. Thank you so much. Good night. Thank you. Good night.